Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tabletop Cyberpunk. My name is John John the Wise. This is the podcast about Cyberpunk 2020, Red, and any other tabletop games that have to do with it. And I'm sure we'll talk about 2077, but today is going to be about Cyberpunk Red because, ladies and gentlemen, we have gotten confirmation that the game will be coming out in November. They're hoping, unless some kind of crazy thing happens like a, a disaster of some sort or a secondary pandemic electric boogaloo part two something like that but other than that we should be getting the core rule book and i am one of the lucky few that got to see it in digital form talsorin was awesome enough to just be like yeah here's actually the final product i know you have the beta but here's what's coming out and I got to see all the art, got to see the extra lore. I still haven't completely dived into it yet, because to be honest, I like to have the book in my hand. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. I can't wait to uh, see how everybody reacts to it, to be honest with you, because I got to experience it, and I have my own opinions, and I just want to see what people think about it. Maybe I'm the only one and that thinks it's so awesome. I don't know. Uh, I know other people that have seen it as well. Other creators, they told me they think it's amazing too. So I really, I always like to look at things from all sides. And I want to know what people think about it that are not in the content creation universe. So November, I believe 11th, you could check out artelsorian.com. They have a blog about it. It's on their Twitter. It's on their Facebook. It's on everywhere. But basically, it's coming out in November. And uh, that's great. It's just in time to get that and Cyberpunk 2077. I believe it's on the same day even that they're coming out, which is, according to Talsorian, a coincidence. And I believe them because who cares? It doesn't even matter if it's not, but still. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Cyberpunk Red is coming out, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's it pretty much. I'm not going to dive too deep into it. There's plenty of other content creators out there like Mad Queen and and Last Known Meal and all kinds of other people. Neon Arcade, they cover Cyberpunk 2077. They cover the lore. They do all kinds of stuff like that. And there's people that will talk about what was seen in, uh, in some of the previews. And, and, you know, you can find that on the subreddits, blah, blah, blah. We'll be talking about my latest war story, guys. Session 6 with the wise guys, labeled Room Service. That was the title of the episode. And after that, I'm going to give you guys my information on the guide NPC. Guide, like a tour guide. And I'll explain to you guys who that person is. Basically, they're your middleman, but we'll get more in depth. But before we get into everything, make sure you guys join our Discord. The link will be in the description below. Make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel, John John the Wise. Also on all social media, I'm on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as John John the Wise as well, and even TikTok. But I haven't used it other than to just sit on the couch with my wife and laugh at TikToks. That's what we do at night. So, all right, let's get straight into it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about Session 6 Room Service. As I had told you guys before, this whole arc that the, the players are currently in is called the Hotel Driscoll arc. 
And in this arc, they are going through a hotel, a real hotel in Austin, Texas. And I wanted to create a dungeon-style adventure in Cyberpunk without making it too much like a dungeon. It has to feel Cyberpunk real, you know? And I think I succeeded. I made, I made a hotel. It has two floors on it because we didn't need to complicate it any more than that. There's the two floors. There's a finite amount of rooms. And that was all I needed. And using that as a guide, I was able to create a really fun adventure for them. So let's get straight into it. The boys, they head over to the Driscoll Hotel. They get there. And in the session before, they had already gotten a little bit of a taste of the hotel. They pretty much already took over the entire first floor's uh, turret system. Or not turret system, just in, in general. They took over the lobby. They told the concierge to beat it. She, she ran away. And they were pretty much in control of key cards and, and stuff like that. So, I... Excuse me. <clears throat> I had the players start in that lobby in our next session, which is the one that I'm talking about now. And they basically decided, okay, well, we got to figure out a way to check out this hotel. We got to get eyes on it. We got to understand what's going on. Whoops. Sorry about that. We got to see what's what's going on, because like I said, they had a very limited view of the hotel because of dynamic lighting. And because of dynamic lighting, they could only focus on the lobby. So in my mind, I have people in these hotel rooms. I know exactly what they're doing. I have like a list, each room, what, who's in there, what's the basic description, what's a more advanced description, and what's the secret. That's how I broke down each room. Without actually doing, I didn't mean to do that, but that's, I just had the realization right now in this moment that that's exactly how I did it. I, the basic description is like one male occupant, one female occupant, all right? The more detailed description, which the players can possibly get out of the computer with some net running or, or finding information, they are, with a more detailed description, the hotel is run by a shadow organization. And this shadow organization, the, the people that they have, the patrons that they have in this hotel, they're there for a reason. So each room has a, a reason why they're there, and then it's more detailed. Like, these guys are booster gangers, they're waiting for so-and-so from Biotechnica, this one is, a, is someone that sells Netrunner programs, blah blah blah. It, it's all that information that they got. Now, the secret is stuff that they have to figure out on their own. The secret throughout, and each room has a secret. Some of them are mundane, like uh, uh, the fixer one. I, I don't mind giving this out. It's not a big deal. The fixer one is he's selling things, but really he's an information broker. So if you go there, he has like survival equipment. And uh, for like a cheap price, he like took it off of a truck or something like that. And But the real thing about him, his name is Mouthpiece. And he's an information broker. So for the right price, he can sell you the information that you need, right? But that's not in the manifest. That, that's not in the guest manifest. In the, in the basic description, in a more detailed description, it's not in there either. It's in the, that's the secret. So basically, the players would either have to interact with Mouthpiece or other people in the hotel that know Mouthpiece to figure out that this guy's actually an information broker, right? So anyway. Back to the story. The guys are in the lobby, and I decide 
I'm going to have things in this hotel happening because nothing, the, the hotel doesn't pause. It continues doing what it's doing, right? The people come out of their rooms, they go to throw trash or, or get an ice bucket, or they go outside for a cigarette. And I decide the guy in, in room 101, who is a Z-tuber, which is like a YouTube in, but it's specific to Austin. And his channel's name is Austin Exposed, and he's like a media guy, right? So he's at that hotel, he's spying in that hotel. And I say, why doesn't he just go outside, walk by the lobby, and go have a cigarette in the stairwell? And that's it. It's as innocent as that. But obviously, when I show them that this guy walked by, they immediately, the players are like, what does he look like? What is he doing? Does he have a gun? They, I mean, they wanted to know everything about this guy, which was fine. That was great. I had them roll a conceal reveal to figure out if they could see the gun that he's hiding. And they passed, he rolled a one, the, the NPC rolled a one. Let's just call him Archon, because that's what his name is. Archon rolled a one, and I was like, yeah, he tried to hide his weapon, but it popped out of his jacket, and all of you clearly saw it. You all clearly saw that he has a, an SMG in his, in his uh, jacket. Now, that doesn't mean anything bad. The players just know that, all right, this guy's armed. Okay, so if we get into a tussle with him, he might fire off that gun, and that will send a panic throughout this hotel that a gunshot just went off, right? So they don't want that. So they decide, why don't we go talk to him and see what's going on? Because we can't let him come into the lobby. There's literally a blood stain on the carpet and a dead NPC and th because the, there was a bodyguard with the concierge, and they killed the bodyguard. They just killed her right away, which was smart, actually to kill her because uh, it was risky because they didn't really know who this person is but i think they had a good instinct that it was okay to kill this person and it was so anyway they go into the stairwell this guy's having a cigarette they ask him for a cigarette they pretend like they were having a conversation and before you know it this npc has become my guide npc for the players and i'll explain to you guys what that is later after my war story but basically, the guide, it, they, they meet this guy, and he offers them a cigarette. They start asking him questions. They realize that he's aligned with them, at least in their, in their most recent interest. The boys are coming to the hotel to get Dr. Helix and to figure out what Biotechnica's involvement here is, and really just to get out of there alive. That's what their entire goal is. And this guy, he reveals, his goal is he's spying on Biotechnica to expose anything that they're doing on his ZTube channel, right? So they realize, okay, well, you know, at least this guy is uh, an ally. He's okay. He's cool. He's cool with them. They say, hey, we saw your gun. Just chill out. You know, we're good. And he said, all right, if you guys are good, I'm good. Well, let's be allies. And the, he even brings it up. Why don't we become allies in the, as long as we're in this hotel? And the players agree. They say, fine, let's do that. And then later on, he brings up a point because, uh, well, I'll get to that. Anyway, they go around the hotel. We go back to Black Adder. And Black Adder decides that he's going to net run. And I had this idea in my mind that what if I made the net run its own 
like kind of mini game. So on roll 20, I made like a net and I made arrows that point to different directions of the net. And then I have symbols that he can look at. So if you guys check out my YouTube, you'll see what I did. And I even introduced sound effects for the first time because I felt like it would add a lot to the story. And, and it did. Sometimes, you know, a gunshot sound effect, stuff like that. It's okay. It can be a little bit cheesy if it's not done correctly. But the ones that we did for the net, for some reason, it just like went perfect with it. So uh, he did his sound effects, did his stuff, got control of things. He couldn't get control of the turrets yet. So we had to go back to the players. But he did get a file with more detailed description of every room. And he got a... Um, uh, what else did he get? He got control of a skeleton keycard machine that was on top of the desk. So he can make keys for the rest of the party. They basically have control of the entire first floor. They can lock any door. They can open any door. And that's exactly what they begin to do. Now, back to the players. While they're having this conversation with Archon, another guest comes out of their room and makes their way towards the staircase. And Sam is blocking the way. And I say, do you move? And he says, I stand exactly, I stand where I am. I don't move. And the guy goes, you have a fucking problem? And he says, I don't have a problem. What's going on? Basically, he wanted the guy to say, excuse me, or can you please move or something like that, right? That was Sam's uh, MO. Well, this guy is a hot fist, so a booster gang. He realizes that the, that, that brand new Austin Atrocity brand on Sam Ectoplasm's neck is a clear indication that he is of that gang. And he puts it together and goes like, what the fuck are the atrocity doing here? This is our spot. And then he realizes Sam is with those other four guys in the back. And now he's kind of in this situation where he's like, oh, am I about to get smoked? Am I going to be let go? And it becomes kind of tense. It becomes kind of tense. Archon tries to help. The the guy kind of takes the uh, excuse. He says, oh, these guys are just my security. And the thing about Archon's credibility is he's been staying at that hotel for over two weeks. So other NPCs know, know him. They've seen him. He's a familiar face. He's by himself. He hasn't caused any trouble. And they go, okay, well, if this guy, it's his security, then okay, fine. Uh, we've seen this guy before. And it's all right. So the Hot Fist goes back to his room and they decide to lock every door. They lock every door. There is a little bit more of a uh, interaction with Archon and another NPC. And they basically decide that they're going to lock all the doors that they don't need to take care of. And, the, and go to the places that they're interested in, which is room 106 and 107. Now, in between that, there was another thing that happened because, like I said, I like throwing obstacles at my player, at my players, and I threw an obstacle at them with one of the other guests who are a bunch of bozo poser gangs called the, the Austin Jesters, and they handled it perfectly. They gave him some coke and said, hey, just stay in your room. Uh, sorry that we're locking you guys here, but, you know, we're employees of the hotel. Here's some coke and have some fun. So, after that... The players go to the room that they're supposed to. They run in. They attack a guy that was on the shitter. <laughs> and it was it's an awkward situation because he keeps getting out of their grip. And he's got his pants around his ankles. It was not meant to be funny. And it didn't... I don't think it actually came out funny. I think it just came out as a... 
very awkward and uh and and kind of messed up that's that's how it felt it was awkward and kind of messed up we laughed about it obviously but they were they killed the guy shortly after so it's like they totally got this guy by surprise he had no idea he was a biotechnica goon and he was there to probably kill the players but at the same time just the way that it was executed was really messed up the guy was like taking a shit and they came in and they surrounded him and beat him to death it's pretty messed up so after that they decide okay now let's go to room 107 and they go into room 107 they charge the dude they take him they take him out there's another person there and basically these guys i was going to have combat and all kinds of stuff happening but these guys were able to maneuver around combat have the upper hand have the moment of the element of surprise the entire time they were dealing with what was going on so they realize okay now we got to go to the second floor and they order archon to go into back to his room and lock the door and just stay there and he'll be safe archon says there's no way i'm fucking doing that i need some uh some content for my channel and I know this hotel. I've been on the second floor. They know me. They've seen me. I can give you guys help and make it look like you're all a part of my crew and give you credibility here. And they realize like, okay, well, he's got a point there. He's got a point in that sense. So why don't we give it a shot? So they decide that that's what they're going to do. And that was pretty much the end of our session. We ended it right there. Uh, there obviously, a lot happened. I would go listen to it. It's going to be posted on this podcast soon um, on the next episode. So you guys will kind of have a spoiler alert. I should have said spoiler alert, but, you know, um, yeah, I just realized why do I do that? I talk about it and then I post it on the podcast. Well, it's on the YouTube and I know most people don't. Not a lot of people can watch it on the YouTube. I'm having a sudden realization. I think I should have posted that first and then started talking about it. My apologies. From now on, that's what I'll do. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. But we ended the session there, and I was really proud of it. I was really proud of how much work I put into it and how much it paid off. The, it was like perfect balance. The players had such a good time, and it was improvised and everything. It was great. It was just one of those great sessions, which is exactly what I needed after that poor session I had to the lost one the the lost session after that i needed a good one and that's exactly what i got so let me drink some water all right now let's move on to talking about the guide npc so who is this npc what is this npc this is a character in your game a non-player character that you have created to give the players some help now, there's nothing worse than a GM just giving away the secrets or just giving it to their players. You shouldn't give anything to them because it cheapens the experience that they have. And if it, things are too easy and they don't feel challenged, that's when you're going to get bored players. And you don't want to just give them things. But you also want to be able to guide them in the direction that will... And not put it on to the rails because you don't exactly need to do that but really what you're doing is guiding them to the solution that they're looking for so you let them introduce what they want to do 
and then the guide NPC is there to let them know that this is the capacity of what you can do. Or, or maybe the NPC knows somebody that can help them, and then you can, you can prep that. You can prep the person to help them, but it, at least it kind of came from you. And um, I'll do a better job of explaining it right now. So basically, this is what the guide NPC can be. You build somebody that will interact with the players in such a way, and let's use the example of Archon in my last game, in the session that you guys just heard me talk about. Archon has nothing to do with the players and isn't really their best friend or anything like that. But for the moment, the players feel like they can trust this person. Now, that's the main key right there, is you have to make an NPC that the players can trust. And you already know where their insecurities will be with somebody. So they'll be saying like, hey, I don't trust this guy. Let's make sure he doesn't work for Biotechnica or he doesn't work uh, as one of those gangs or blah, blah, blah. And basically, they have some questions that they want to ask. They'll say it out of character. They'll talk about it with each other. And you just have to reassure your players that this guide can be trusted. Now, I always leave a little bit of room for a chance that they notice something. I'll I'll throw something in there, but you have to be very careful. They might notice something about this NPC that the NPC is hiding from them. I always do that with almost all of my NPCs. Just on the off chance that they notice something small, and instinctually they decide, why don't we investigate this a little bit further? I want to be able to reward them for being so perceptive. So th that's just, you have to be careful about that, though. You don't want to make it too obvious. I just add something there, and, and I go, well, maybe if they question this, then this is the thing that, this is the exact question that they should be asking if they want to find out what's going on with this person, right? So on the surface, and with, with preliminary investigation, your guide should be trust, someone that the players can trust. And I'm not saying that that's how they should always be. And I'm not saying that this person will always betray them. The, the, it could be a family member. It could be somebody that is definitely someone that players can trust. But the key issue here is the guide has to be someone the players can trust. Then, now you have a middleman. You have like a supervisor. You're the owner of a company and your NPC guide is your supervisor. You can whisper things to this NPC that the players would never know. You can take control of this NPC and take it to whatever direction it needs to go to help out the players and guide them through your campaign. Because at the end of the day, you prepared something, you prepared an adventure, and if they want to go off into La La Land and do their own thing, that's fine. But if they want to solve the adventure, which is actually, usually the players just want to solve whatever mystery you give them. If they want to solve it, then you can guide them into the areas where they should be asking questions or, or putting themselves forward. So basically, the guide NPC could tell them literally like where to go, who to talk to, how dangerous the place can be, and all these other things. It, it just depends what the players need. They can directly ask this person about the universe that you've created, and this person can give them the information. So basically, this NPC is an extension of you and your information, 
but it has they have their own flavor and uniqueness. They might be a bodega owner, they might be Archon who is a who is a, a, a an influencer or a vlogger. They might be a cop that an undercover cop or something like that. They can be so many things, but you are in charge of what they can say and what they can do. So the players will meet this person They'll have a connection with this NPC, they'll trust the NPC, and then they'll basically have to reveal something. They'll have to reveal something to the NPC to show them that, hey, you know, you guys are all out here trying to figure out if you can trust me, but why should I trust you? And then that's when the players spill the beans a little bit. They spill the beans about why they're here, what they want to do. Maybe they're a little bit guarded, but it gives the NPC. Uh, it gives them more justification for the information that they're giving the players. Basically, the players have to, and no matter what, at any turn of your of your gameplay, they need to earn the rewards that they're getting. So part of earning the reward of having this NPC there to guide you is you have to earn the trust of the NPC, and the NPC has to do the same with the player. So when it's clear that the the guide needs the players just as much as the players need the guide or they're so trustful of each other because they're family or close or aligned in the same kind of uh, uh, objective then you have an extension of yourself that can help the players now how do you do it wrong that's the question the question is what if uh, i get too involved and that's exactly what can happen it's a delicate process this NPC should keep their mouth shut most of the time. Most of the time, this NPC is along for the ride, and they might crack a joke, they might say something small, they might give the players a, a small one sentence to keep them on track with the story, or they might give them a, a plot hook to explore, something to explore that will get them to the solution that they're looking for. The NPC is literally just there as a guide. And the mistakes you can make is some of the biggest mistakes that all GMs make is make this NPC so important and special and have such a long, rich history and having to go harp on and on about them and they're having their moments. Don't, don't have moments with your NPCs. Let the players have their moments. And the moment you're supposed to be having is the entire session the the for the gm the the rewards are unending you just keep throwing things at them they go through it they try to solve it in their own creative way and the reward you get as a gm is you uh, you help them have fun you came up with an idea you thought it would be a fun idea you threw it at your players they tried it out and you help them have fun that's the reward of a gm and the NPC should always be following that guideline of letting the players be front and center. Now, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. It's always, this is, that's why there's no hard and fast rules in how you play tabletop gaming. You can do whatever you want. It's whatever you do. But there might be some times where an NPC is so important that you kind of have to put them center stage, talk about them a little bit, but the players will understand especially if they know how important this NPC is. It might be someone that they've been looking for for seven sessions already, and on the eighth session, they finally found this person. Yeah, 
for sure put that npc front and center put them on a pedestal make them amazing because the players will feel like yeah we got here we did it and look at how look at the look at the size of that unit <laughs> so basically that they'll feel like they got a big catch by you explaining how awesome this npc is but you don't want to do that all the time if it's just somebody that they're meeting and 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 becoming quick allies with give some preliminary information give the the players someone they can trust and then be careful how much you give them in information always let them be the ones to offer something first let them be the ones to be like uh what if we go here and talk to this guy what would that be like then the guide can be like oh i know a guy there i know a guy that can get us in so you don't have to worry about trying to get in but after that you're kind of on your own then when they get in the the players will be happy with that they'll be like okay we don't have to deal with the whole bullshit of sneaking in trying to get in we just can walk in and then we can get to what we want to do so where i've helped the players is i just helped them get past an obstacle i didn't give them the solution to the problem they threw in uh, an idea i took out an obstacle that would make sure that that idea doesn't uh isn't canceled or doesn't happen and then i was able to let them explore what they wanted to do while they're inside they might come up with another idea they might come up with another thing they might put themselves in a situation that they didn't realize was dangerous and then in that case i'll roll for the guide and see if the guide even wants to help them and and if the guide does want to help them then they'll let them know about the dangerous situation they were about to put themselves in so the possibilities are endless it's one of my favorite things to do is make this guide npc because it connects me to the players it makes me feel like i'm playing the game too i'm i'm on ground level with them you know what i mean i'm not just oh, the overlord uh watching over them and watching everything they do I also, I'm their boots on the ground with them, interacting with them, cracking jokes, and I know everything there is to know about these players. So I know that I can make the guide say something that would get the attention of Sam Ectoplasm. If he pulls out a bag of Coke, I know that Sam, him, and Blackadder are going to be best friends. So the, the, these are all fun little things that you can do with this NPC to add a little bit more interest. All right? Well, I appreciate you guys listening in. Sorry about the rambling. I just wanted to make sure I get a podcast out to you guys. I really appreciate the support that you guys have been giving me. And I cannot wait for the stuff that I have going on in the near future. We got more Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk Red is going to be coming out. 2077 is going to be coming out. I got a new PC coming soon. So life is good. Be safe. Take care. And we'll see you guys on the next one. All right. Bye.